0: Thanks for being here this evening. My name is Kevin Conover. I'm the host of Educate for Life Radio down here in Southern California, San Diego. And um, we are streaming all over the world. And this will be up along with many other shows that we have all over um, uh, on my website, educateforlife.org. It's also a full curriculum on there if you're interested, helping people um, be able to defend their faith, understand their faith, be able to communicate about the Christian faith. And so there's all kinds of resources on the website there that you can check out and that can help you. And uh, you know, if you know anything about San Diego, you know that it's a military town. Uh, it's pretty. Um, the Marine Corps base here, at Camp Pendleton, actually has uh, around 42,000 active-duty Marines and Sailors, and um, and their families also live in there on base. And my guest this evening, um, it's appropriate, right? It's Veterans Day here, so uh, thank God for our veterans. Uh, Patrick Kanuski served in the United States Marine Corps and retired at the rank of Colonel after serving 33 years of active, active duty. He holds master's degrees in military studies, systems, technology, and international relations. And uh, I just wanted to thank you so much, uh, Patrick, for being able to be with us this evening.
1: Uh, it's awesome. I'm I'm uh, here in Virginia Beach uh, visiting my uh, daughter and her family. And uh, I just came back from Annapolis. Uh, I was in, in Annapolis for a couple of days. I went to school at the Naval Academy and uh, I rode when I was there. I was on the crew team and uh, one of our buddies uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. So we had a memorial service for him there at, uh, at the Naval Academy. So it's just very fortunate to be able to uh, attend that uh, memorial service and see all my old rowing buddies.
0: Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. How long has it been since you've seen those guys?
1: Um, I see some of them periodically. I'm, I'm involved with uh, one of them uh, in a, uh, a team building. He has a team building company that is kind of centered around rowing. So it's called team concepts. And I, I've been dealing with that company for a couple of years now. So I see him and, and, uh, I, I came up to Pennsylvania where he lives, uh, uh, last year with my family. And uh, so I see some of them at reunions and things like that, but, but not enough. Yeah. But the brotherhood's always there. That rowing brotherhood is just very strong. And uh, we, we have a million stories to tell every time we get together.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I, uh, every year, you know, I teach at a Christian school here in Southern California uh, with Pastor David Jeremiah, um, his uh, the school that's run by the church there. And every year we have a Veterans Chapel and we had a fantastic Veterans Chapel uh, yesterday just celebrating, um, you know, our military and our veterans. And, you know, one of the issues that comes up all the time is the the tragedy of just the the high rates of depression and suicide in the, the military. And it's something that a lot of people are doing something about you yourself are doing um, something about that. And I want to talk about that this evening and give people an opportunity to get involved with what you're doing and um, to reach out and, and support people who have sacrificed in a lot of ways, their lives for our country and for us. And um, we want to be able to give back and to be able to make a difference in their lives and, and um, help them to be able to, uh, you know, assimilate into, back into civilian life and these sorts of things. So, uh, but I wanted to ask you uh, about your testimony. Um, You have an interest in, in creation. You, you were involved with Answers in Genesis. um, And, you know, uh, I read your bio, a little bit of the stuff on the Fibonacci numbers. That's really interesting to me too, coming from an apologetics background. So, um, but uh, would you mind just sharing with our listeners, you know, um, your own testimony about, you know, growing up and then how you got involved in the military and then, um, a little bit about, you know, the difference between being in the military as a Christian versus being a civilian as a Christian and, and uh, you know, how our, our listeners can pray for the the Christians in the military service. But but if we could just start with, you know, you're growing up and all.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, Dallas, Texas, in, in Dallas proper. A lot of people say, yeah, I'm from Dallas, but it's not really Dallas, but uh, <laughs> It's such a huge area down there. I I was raised Catholic, and uh, when I got into high school, we got into public high school as kids. I have seven brothers and sisters. Oh, wow.
0: That's a big family.
1: Yeah. My (laughs) folks couldn't afford the the Catholic high school uh, way of doing things. So we went to public high school, and I started getting involved with Young Life in Dallas. And uh, that's where I got saved uh, in Young Life, and I was going to a, a Pentecostal church at the time as well. So the transition from Catholic church to Pentecostal church is quite dramatic. And yeah, gonna... that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, but the young life I really warmed up to, it was awesome. And, uh, you know, I was in in uh, that group with my friends and all that from high school. And then uh, after high school, I enlisted in the Navy, uh, enlisted and went to boot camp at Great Lakes uh, up there up north, uh, very cold in the wintertime. <laughs> and... Um, but I graduated from Great Lakes and then I went to school in um, called a school in the Navy, uh, enlisted uh, Navy uh, in Memphis. And I kind of fell away from the church a bit. I I got to my first duty station and enlisted just South of Boston in a place called South Weymouth. I got kind of in a rut. Um, And then I put in for the Naval Academy uh, in Annapolis. And uh, when I put in for that, I started to get back to church at Annapolis. You know, I, I was accepted, uh, didn't have to go to the prep school or anything. I was a direct accession into uh, the Naval Academy from enlisted, which was just awesome. It was a uh, guy was really looking out for me. He knew what he wanted best for me. And that, yeah. that was, so I was in the choir there at the church. I, I got into, you know, going to church again and, and, uh, got into a couple of Bible studies, uh, at school. Uh, I was rowing. I uh, got onto the crew team uh, as a freshman, as a plebe and uh, rowed for four years. And that was that was kind of religion e- e- in and of itself. And I was just surrounded by really great guys and all that uh, at the Naval Academy. So that got me back on track. Uh, pretty much. Um, and then so that's you know, that's that's uh, pretty cool that, you know, you
0: said you were surrounded by great guys at the Naval Academy and you know, that got you back on track, you know, you hear different stories from different people. Some people say, you know, I, I I got in with this particular group and I totally went in the wrong direction. And then, um, you know, and we, I have a lot of young students. I I teach 12th graders, um, you know, a Bible class, and I have a a lot of young uh, men or women who are interested in joining the military, had a couple that joined the air force Academy uh, last year. Um, and so my question is what advice would you give to a, a young man or woman who is Considering joining the military, as far as you know, uh, how do you determine whether you know this? You know, you're going to go in a good direction, or you're going to go in a bad direction spiritually in in your walk with God.
1: Well, it's it's just keep reading the Word. I mean, that's that was my downfall. I didn't I didn't stay in the Word like I should have. I didn't surround myself with the people that uh, believed in the things that I believed in, and I, I just and I wasn't going to church. I kind of fell away. If you don't. If you don't have those three things going for you, I mean, you're just kind of out there on an island. And I was really out on an island all by myself. And it's interesting, uh, you know, Brad Lambert at Calvary Chapel Living Hope. There are no, uh, Brad is an old pastor of mine when I was stationed at Pendleton. And he was, we were talking on the phone about that the other day or, or texting or something about, you know, what, how does that, and he's trying to wrap his brain around, how do you mix the military with that Christian life? And actually uh, once I got into it and I was an officer and all that it they they are not separated. It's not diametrically opposed. they're they really uh, you can have both and it's a really good uh, marriage between being in the military and uh, being a Christian at the same time. And, well, that's and- really
0: interesting that that's really interesting that you say that because a lot of people they they you know their perception is is okay, how do I, uh, you know, be a warrior, but at the same time be a Christian? And they do think that they're, you know, diametrically opposed. Now I don't think that at all. Um, but um, can but you but share your thoughts on
1: that? God's thought was, well, how do you, how can you be in battle and kill someone else, the enemy? Well, because uh, because when you have the moral high ground, when it's a when it's a, a battle, it's a it's a righteous battle, you know, like like the Israelites or anybody, you know, any of the Bible, uh you know, biblical accounts of uh, the battles, they were righteous battles and and God was on their side and they were able to, you know, it's not murder. It's, it's, you know, you're, it's a, it's a righteous fight mm-hmm. fighting for um, uh you're fighting for right. So in that regard, it, it's righteous and um, it's, that's not sin that way. It's so yeah. that's, you know, we're not trying to justify it, but it's, that's, it's the truth. That's the way it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, um, I mean, there's super clear examples of that when you look in historically at things like world war II and, and um, what's going on uh, between the, the fundamental philosophies of these uh, different nations
1: and uh, you know, what they're supporting. And a lot of it's very evil. So. um, People in those countries can't, they can't help themselves. Then. You know, the United States, a lot of times uh, we go in and and we fight the fight for them. We fight the good fight. And it's a lot better if we have a coalition, obviously. Sure. You know, behind us and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's been interesting lately. In the last 20, 30, 40 years, it's been very interesting. Different kinds of fights. Uh, yeah,
0: it, yeah. You know, yeah. I uh, 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 The speaker we had yesterday at the Veterans Chapel, he was talking about this, too. And he was saying that um that the spiritual component he actually said i thought this was really interesting he said that when a person has a strong faith in god they're actually a better uh warrior they're a better uh, you know whatever part of the military they happen to be in they're actually stronger um than somebody who is not they they actually have a better sense of you know trusting god uh, through what they're doing as well as
1: um, yeah and and you know the saying is always that there's no atheist in the foxhole uh, and I think that's part of our human nature, actually, yeah. that we, we, we want to seek strength from a higher, a higher order, somebody that is going to look out for us that that we know created us, because we all know that we were created by a being. And it wasn't just, you know, out of goo over. Yeah, you know, exactly. Happened <laughs> over millions of years. Oh, oh here we are. That yeah. kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we seek that higher being to, to be on our side. Yeah. And um, so, you know, um,
0: a few years ago, I had a father and son uh, chaplain, uh, father and son chaplains on the uh, who are who were I believe, marine chaplains uh, on the radio program. And they really had said that that um, spiritually the military has fallen on hard times. Um, What's you 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 serve for 33 years. So you've seen uh, any changes that have taken place in the military. What's your perspective on that?
1: Hmm. Well, first of all, the Marine Corps uses navies for chaplains. Oh, okay. We use, we use Navy chaplains, so we don't have our own chaplain corps in the Marine Corps, but um, that's interesting. I, I think I, I think part of that is the social atmosphere in the country as well. Like the, the military has been forced uh, to have gays in the military, transgenders in the military, all this other kind of stuff. And um you know, the chaplains are still, uh, there's a chaplain in every battalion, infantry battalions, half chaplain, all those chaplains are assigned and all that. But it's kind of like what's, it's, it's kind of following what's going on in the church, too.
0: Hmm. We're not
1: emphasizing the, excuse me, we're not emphasizing the gospel like we should. Hmm. We're not getting back to our roots as a church, and the church has fallen down in many ways. So I think, um, I think that translates to our military as well. Gotcha. Would you say that,
0: um, what is the difference between being a Christian as a civilian and being a, a Christian in the military? Are there glaring differences in that? Or is it pretty much uh, very similar?
1: No, I don't think there's any different at all. I mean, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. There's a, uh, uh, there's a, a, a set of guidelines that you go by, you know, uh, the Bible tells us to, to read the word, pray continually, you know, um, and, and if you do that, if you focus on the word daily, but you have to have, you know, some kind of guidepost that how you start your day, if you focus on the word daily and you're praying continually, even when things are tough, even when things are good, going well for you, then I think, uh, you have that kind of mindset that you can, you can perform your job and, and, you know, God's in God's in charge. Ultimately, you know, we, we know that God's in charge of everything and, mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, we have to step off smartly, even if we don't agree with the civilian leadership, the civilians run the military, the yeah. Department of Defense is run by civilians, you know, and, and we have to go by their rules and their, uh, their mission for us. And you just have to trust in God that, you know, it's the right thing to do. And, and you step off smartly, And you now, and you can make a statement and all that kind of stuff. But I think the way you make your statement is if you don't like what's going on, you, you just have to get out. Uh, you can't gotcha. make, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't go well usually if you make a big stink about things.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so for those of you just tuning in, if uh, you're just tuning, in, my guest uh, this evening is Patrick Kanuski. Uh, he's a colonel who uh, served as a colonel for 33 years um, as a United State in the United States Marine Corps. And also his website, OperationHonor.org. We're going to talk about this. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Patriots Landing. Uh, which is a a ministry that he's uh, launched and which is meant to help um, young men and women, veterans, um, adapt to civilian life and deal with some of the struggles that um, that come about because of military service. And I wanted to read this stat. And um, uh, Patrick, you can you can um, chime in on this because I, I these are the latest stats I heard. Um, the quote was eighty percent of marriages right now are ending in divorce in the military. That seems incredibly high. According to the USO, September 1st, 2021, suicide rates among active duty military members are currently at an all-time high since record keeping began after 9-11 and have been increasing over the past five years at an alarmingly steady pace. In 2021, research found that 30,177 active duty personnel and veterans who served in the military after 9-11 have died by suicide compared to 7,057 service members killed in combat in those same 20 years which would be military suicide rates four times higher than the deaths that occurred during military, military operations. Um, does that sound accurate to you?
1: I really don't know. I'm not tracking that. I, mm-hmm. I do know that uh, suicides are up. I just get a, a flavor for that from what I read, but I yeah. don't know numbers exactly. Um, it, that's a tragedy and it's a real tragedy. And uh, it's, um, I, I really don't know what to attribute that to necessarily. Um, I do know that a lot of the combat that we experienced in Afghanistan and Iraq was tough. It was, it was brutal. It was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, you know, destruction and and a lot of guys died. A lot of guys and girls died and uh, it just, uh, it wasn't a good time. Uh, It was kind of a, a, an enemy that we couldn't see. So they would, uh, it was diabolical in the way that they were fighting and all that. we, and we had a hard time with, with the results, uh, from that, but I'm not tracking on the, on the stats on suicides or divorces, uh, 80%, that's, that's catastrophic. I mean, that's way high. I don't, don't, I'm not sure about that. I'd have to do some research and look into that one.
0: Yeah. So, so tell us about what you're doing with, um, tell us about what you're doing with Patriots Landing and and what your uh, vision and heart is.
1: Okay. About three years ago, I met a gentleman named Joe Montgomery. Joe Montgomery is the founder of Operation Honor. And uh, he started Operation Honor about 12 years ago. Uh, and he started doing um, uh, cornhole boards and uh, helping helping different uh, different uh, units in, in the Marine Corps, all services actually. You go to uh, carriers and they would have parties for that. Um, and they were doing uh, uh, just really good stuff to help out with the troops, just kind of, you know, meeting with them, uh, having a good time. And they were they had these drones that would fly around and you could shoot at the drones and all that. And just, Oh, that's, that's um, cool. Camaraderie. Um,
0: I've seen so, a drone flying around my house I, I and yeah. I, I was told that, that I can't shoot it though. So. Well, it,
1: wasn't <laughs> it was like a, it was like a, uh, a flying kite. So it was big enough that you could see it and you could, you could shoot at it with a shotgun and and oh wow, get an indication that you hit it. So that was called tailgating for troops. So that was a fun thing to do, just kind of interact with the troops, give them something to do. Uh, tailgating for troops, fun stuff. And then one day he went to a local, local to us, northern Kentucky, Williamstown, Kentucky area. He went to the veteran cemetery that's there. And um, there was a bunch of burial flag cases that were inside of the office there for the cemetery. And it turned out that there was uh, these 16 flags, there wasn't anybody to give the flags to that there was there wasn't any family members that showed up for that veteran that was buried, which is kind of tragic in, in and of yeah. itself but When he looked at looked into it further, the, these flags were in a in a flag case they were in a wooden flag case and he turned it over and he saw the label on the outside and it said made in China. Oh. And he, uh, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't deal with that. So that was no, kind that's of, that's awful. Event. Yeah. It was kind of like a seminal event for him. And he replaced all of those flag cases with flag cases that we now make uh, in operation honor. And as a matter of fact, operation honor supplies the only burial flag cases to Arlington cemetery. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So those, those come from Kentucky and, uh, it's, you know, oak wood, uh, stained, different colors, different shades uh, of stain. And then it's a, actually a piece of glass instead of a piece of a uh, plexiglass like the Chinese did it. So we've, we've really uh, upped the ante on the quality of the burial flag cases. Um, so that's going. And then, uh, Joe was having a, uh, you know, Operation Honor was having an event in our hometown and that's when I met him three years ago. And uh, from there on, we've been fast friends and he's always had this vision for a place called Patriots Landing. So uh, Patriots Landing, uh, we've raised uh, almost all the money we need for Patriots Landing now. That's going to be local right around the corner from the Arkham counter, right across the street from uh, the Veteran Cemetery that we were talking about. It's a state cemetery it's a Kentucky Veterans Cemetery. Uh, there's four in Kentucky, and this, this is one of them. Uh, so right across the street, beautiful location, uh, two and a half acres. Uh, we've already signed for our building. So we have a contract for a building, and we're getting our site plan together. So for, And we already have a carpenter shop that's in a different county, so that's all going to be part of Patriot's Landing. It's a, it's a Veterans Healing Center, so, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, you got the carpenter shop where the veterans can come in and make things. And that's, that's really a healing process right there. They're, they're busy with their hands and they're talking to other veterans and they're signing the back of the products. Uh, we have wooden flags that we make. We also make uh, Patriot crosses, which is a cross that has an American flag on it. Oh, that's fantastic. Really good stuff. So uh, we're also going to have health and wellness classes there uh, in the building. Uh, celebrate recovery for anybody that might have uh, addiction issues or partner with a church that's nearby for celebrate recovery. Um, we're going to have character building classes from the Medal of Honor Society. That's uh, huge. This is such a huge need that you guys are fulfilling. I mean, that's incredible. And then listen to this, though. This is the best part of the whole thing, I think, is we are partnering with three courts, uh, court systems than Northern Kentucky County courts, and they have what's called a veterans court. So if a veteran gets in trouble in Northern Kentucky, for the most part, they're going to be able to to go to this veterans court. And the judge does this uh, as a volunteer judge doesn't get paid for this veterans court. And so we had a zoom with each one of these three judges and they said, hurry up and open so we can send our people to you. <laughs> that's to send their people to you know when they get in trouble you know they're putting them out in orange suits on the you know the uh highway side of the highway to pick up trash and stuff like that that's that doesn't rehabilitate no doesn't no go back into society so wow that's can, so that is so great ability we're gonna have a library uh we have so far we have 300 military books we're gonna probably going to be close to 500 books there for veterans to, uh, to read and, and maybe even borrow. Um, and then we're going to have a garden and things like that too, for, uh, you know, just a place to meet. Uh, we can kind of bounce off the ARC encounter as well. I mentioned that it's kind of around the corner from the ARC. Yeah. Um, the ARC provides a 20% discount to all veterans. And then three days out of the year, it's free to veterans Memorial day, Fourth of July and Veterans Day today, uh, the Ark is free. Uh, so that's fantastic.
0: Didn't... Well, t- talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, that's really interesting that you that yeah. you got involved with you know Answers in Genesis and and the Ark Encounter and everything like that. Um, how did that all transpire?
1: Well, that's that's a pretty neat story actually. We uh, we raised three of our kids in homeschool, and uh, we were using the Answers in Genesis material for homeschooling. And, uh, we, we took a, a road trip in 2013 to go up and see the creation museum. That was well before the arc. Uh, yeah. about. so 2013, uh, they were having a bond initiative to raise money for the Ark. They were having a, another money raising initiative. Uh, you get a boarding pass for life for you and your kids to get. Yeah. I remember
0: that. I remember when they were doing that.
1: It was awesome. So we bought into all that stuff and, um, I made friends with one of the co-founders. He's a retired army guy. And uh, as you know, Ken Ham and his par- two partners came from San Diego, from Institute for Creation Research. ICR. Yeah,
0: yeah, we have, I, I, there's so much uh, rich history. I mean, it actually came out of the, the church that I, uh, that I work at.
1: So it's pretty cool. Well, ICR, uh, they left there in 97, came to Northern Kentucky. And Northern Kentucky, because it's, uh, within a day's drive is two thirds of the population of the United States. They wanted it accessible to people. So they knew they were gonna build a museum eventually. The museum came up in 2007. Again, that's where we went. We saw this presentation, met one of the co-founders and we kind of stayed in touch. And I, I texted him in January, early January of 2016. And I said, hey, Mike, you know, uh, Ark's gonna open this year. I hope everything's going well. And he called me up a half hour later and he goes, hey, why don't you come up and help us build the Ark?" <laughs> So I got in my truck in January of 2016 and uh, discovered the heater didn't work a, a Florida truck. Never been turned on. But anyhow, I'm getting up to uh, Northern Kentucky. It's nine degrees when I got there. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so They put me in charge of a crew of guys who built all the interior walls, finished them uh, so they could install the exhibits. Wow. So they had done all the timber framing the Ark is the largest timber frame structure in the world. Uh, so the Amish kind of, were working on the timber framing and we we're installing the walls and, and then, uh, and, installing all the exhibits and everything by, and it, and it opened the, by the first week of July, it was open. So, uh, you know, mission accomplished. That's incredible. They don't have a job and now I'm in charge of the uh, volunteer program, uh, for answers in Genesis. And we provide volunteers to both attractions and, uh, it's been pretty cool. And I teach a workshop there too.
0: Okay. Okay. So we can, we can come out and see you if we want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually have overnights. Oh, wow. cater <laughs> to uh youth groups. I mean, you're going to sleep on the floor. You bring, bring your own bedding, you know, you're coming in probably in a vans or a bus or something like that. Overnights. Uh, the program is just awesome. Very popular. You know, we separate the boys and girls on separate decks in the Ark, for instance, You have the arc to yourself. So there's not another group with you. Wow. Uh, You come in, set up your, uh, do like a scavenger,
0: a scavenger hunt throughout the arc.
1: Scavenger hunt on the arc at night. (laughs) That's great. You actually show up when we close, like this time of year, we close at six. So you show up when we close. So you'd be traveling all day, show up when we close, set up your bedding on deck two and three. And then, um, you have a scavenger hunt, maybe a speaker, maybe a movie, something like that. And then you bed down and then in the morning breakfast is included and you have a behind the scenes, uh, tour of the zoo. And then the arc is included for the whole, that whole day.
0: That's, that is great. Now, yeah, I have a bunch of kids. I have a bunch of kids, uh, that we just did the flood and we Mm. just finished up dinosaurs. I I do units on those and I I reference the, the arc and everything in, in Kentucky and all, and they're like, Mr. Conover road trip, let's do it.
1: <laughs> so, well, San Diego, uh, woo, that's quite a road trip.
0: I know. That's why I'm like, I don't know <laughs> if we can. I don't know if we can swing that. But
1: <laughs> well, Brad Lambert from uh, Calvary Chapel Living Hope, they brought out uh, a whole bunch of people from their church. That's great. There was people that had already moved away. Uh, there were Marines, actually, two Marine families that had moved away, and uh, they came and joined us in uh, Kentucky, also. And uh, like sixteen people stayed at our house. We had a blast. That's wild. so cool. Um, so, what's that? Go ahead. It's doable.
0: Yeah, it's doable. Okay, <laughs> we can all stay at your house, right?
1: Uh, I don't know about that part.
0: <laughs> no, I got a lot. I got a whole lot of kids. So, um, yeah. but uh, so you know, that's interesting too. You know, uh, coming at, from a creationist perspective and everything. Is that, you know, is that kind of stuff ever come up in the military? Are there ever opportunities to have those sorts of discussions, um, you know, as uh, being in the military? Uh, how does that, how does that work?
1: Well, maybe not for creation specifically. I mean, I, I really didn't get into that specifically when I was in the military, but, you know, the Bible overall, we we would have uh, Bible studies at at work and stuff like that. Uh, quite a few duty stations. I went to a lot of duty stations, as you can imagine. And uh, some of the, you know, sometime we were in garrison or even uh, deployed, we, we'd have uh, uh, Bible studies and all that. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, for those of you listening, uh, my guest this evening is Patrick Kanuski. Uh, he served in the United States Marine Corps, retired at the rank of colonel after serving 33 years. And uh, he's also uh, involved with Answers in Genesis and um, you know the Ark Encounter and all, all that—that's a pretty incredible. What? What? That's also an incredible ministry. And he's also uh, working on Patriots Landing, which is a fantastic ministry that's meant to give uh, veterans purpose and opportunities for healing. Um, you can check uh, some of that out at OperationHonor.org, and uh, that's a, a fantastic. Uh, w- another stat here on military in the U.S. There are about 2 million active duty men and women in the military, approximately 850,000 in the reserves. 7% of the adult population is composed of veterans. So you're looking at around 23 million people in our country who have served in the military and are are veterans. So we have a lot of people to be thankful for, uh, for their service and for providing us with uh, freedom and liberty in this country and being able to hold our Christian views without fear of, uh, you know, uh, uh, persecution, really. Um, And so we have a lot to be grateful for. And so I just want to encourage you, um, if there's if you're looking for a ministry to support, this is a great opportunity to give back and uh, to pour into something that's really going to provide a lot of help for people that are dealing with things like, uh, you know, suicide ideation or depression or just trying to reacclimate to civilian life. Um, I was talking Patrick to a guy the other day, and he said, he said, you know, one of the biggest things that happens in the military, when you leave the military, you have all this purpose when you're in the military. It's, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's guiding everything you're doing. And then all of a sudden you're out and all that purpose just kind of disappears for a lot of young men and women. And so, um, you know, for each one of us, purpose is a driving need. We, we need to know, okay, why do I, why do I live? What, What, what does God have for me? What, what am I doing? Right. And so, um, can you speak to that? And you see that as one of the
1: issues that, that, that provides healing? Right. Well, I, you know, you can't, you can't, like we talked a little bit of, a little while ago about you can't become an island. I mean, in your Christianity, and your walk with God, you can't become an island. You have to be surrounded by uh, like-minded folks. You have to go to church. You have to assemble, uh, things like that. And, and the same thing goes when you get out. Uh, there's a lot of transition programs uh, for military. There's some great programs these days for getting people plugged back in, you know, maybe even a a second career. I mean, I I needed to find purpose when I got out. I got out in 2011. I had been a colonel for eight years, Uh, you know, chief of staff for guys you might recognize like General Mattis and General Dunford. And oh. General Waldhauser, those guys, chief of staff for those guys. And uh, you know, it was day in and day out, you know, till many hours of the day. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of focused on all that. And then, you know, you retire and it's like, you know, go on a vacation and and you know, spend some time with your family. But then it's like, okay, now what? Yeah. <laughs> now what? And I, find something that you really want to do. Find something that'll make you happy and give back, basically. I started a uh, home renovation business. Uh, I had a partner. uh, He had already had it for a while and I linked up with him and I created an LLC, Warriors at Work. Um, And I had a home renovation business for five years. Then I got involved with the ARC. And uh, now I'm really involved with uh, Patriot's Landing and uh, Operation Honor. So you just have to really, you know, make sure you, you don't sit at home and. And veg because that's the worst thing that can happen. I mean, yeah. I, somebody said their their stats about how long retirees last in the military after they get out. If they've been in a really long time, thirty years or so, and they retire, how long they last? And it's not a good stat.
0: Mm.
1: Not a good stat. But if you if you exercise your mind, you know, you, you stay with uh, like minded people, and you're you're involved with the community, and you're giving back that's what I love the most. This is the giving back part. I mean, I'm, I'm a total volunteer right now. I'm in charge of the volunteer program with answers and Genesis, but I'm not getting paid. I mean, I don't have to pay taxes, which is a good thing, but uh, you know, it's, it's the giving back part that really gives me a lot of joy right now. And uh, probably the most joy is showing people around that arc. It's just, uh, I love showing it off and uh, just all the, just the, the, the ins and outs of how that thing was built and uh you know how Noah might have done it and all that is just uh, really that that's what charges me up.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. I mean, what an incredible. I know for all my students it just when you look into this and you you study it and you just the bible
1: just comes alive and you're just like, "whoa, you know, this is a lot, real." A lot of things in Genesis that I kind of would skim over on my way to the New Testament, you know what mm-hmm. I
0: mean?
1: You know, does that make sense you you know Study Genesis like I should have, and when if you really dive into it, I mean, there's lots of details in there. I wasn't even, I wasn't tracking, like the Bible says it wasn't just two of each kind, it was seven of the clean kind. Yeah, some Bible translations say seven pair of the clean kind. So you know, we at Answers in Genesis, the guys that were studying all this for uh, building the ark, they said, well, how many animal kinds are there? Based on the fossil record back then, yeah, number of animal kinds. If we take 14, which would be the most number of the clean kind, and two of the unclean kind, how many animals does that translate to? And that's how they came up with the number of animals we think might have been on the ark. So, yeah, yeah, approach to all that uh, based on what the Bible said. So,
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, I saw saw a a map. At one point in time, and they had expanded beyond the ark into, you know, uh, even a bigger park. And part of it had them uh, had the Tower of Babel. Uh, Are they going to build it? I I was like, man, you know that that might not go well. uh, You know, (laughs) building the Tower of Babel. (laughs)
1: Let let me tell you what that's going to be. But you're right. There's there's lots of room where the Ark Encounter is. We have 800 acres there. Yeah. The only thing about Kentucky, it's like you know, peaks and valleys, and you know. Hollers is what they call them. They don't call them valleys oh. in Kentucky. So a lot of hollers in the in the property, and you can't build in these things.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: So the flat space is where the ark is, and room enough to expand. So there there's ideas for a, like a Jerusalem village, and and a Tower of Babel, so eventually. I mean, mm. I've seen drawings for some concepts and stuff like that. So it's being thought about right now. But what that's going to concentrate on is, okay, from really basically from the six people that were on the ark, no one, his wife, there's no record that they had any kids after the ark landed, but they had three sons and three daughters in law. From those six people comes the nearly 8 billion people that are on the earth right now, right? Yeah. So the next biblical account after the flood is the biblical account history of what happened at the tower of babel they mm. the mankind you know the people that were uh you know they just kind of congregated around that area they built this tower and and god came in and said oh no 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 you got to populate the earth get out of here uh and he confused the language and all that kind of stuff yeah the
0: origin f- of all the languages right oh,
1: yeah that and our skin color mm. so we're going to feature that quite a bit about our skin color and you know, one race, one blood. That's a book that Ken wrote with uh, another gentleman. And one race, one blood. We we are one race. We we don't. They're not separate races. Yeah, we have different pigment in our skin color based on the amount of melanin that's underneath your epidermis. So the melanin determines how dark you are. Uh, now, if you are white, like if you are a piece of paper white, you better call nine eleven. Yeah, uh,
0: we're you not. have you have no mel- melanin. <laughs>
1: we're not white brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we are a light, a light shade of Brown and uh, you know, darker people are just darker, but they have more melanin in their skin. So we're going to feature that one race, one blood and uh, aspects that revolve around how did we become the people that we are in, in the world right now?
0: Yeah. That's a powerful message. That's, that's greatly needed. Right. And, uh, right now with everything that's happened in our culture and everything. So, that's really cool. Well, uh, Patrick, I'm so grateful for you being able to be on the program here this evening and and we're just about out of time here. Uh, but I just wanted to say thanks a lot uh, for being here, but also really for your 33 years of service. That's incredible. And what you continue to do even beyond uh, the military. So thank you so much for everything you've done.
1: That's great. If anybody is uh, planning on coming to uh, Northern Kentucky, the Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum, uh, to, you know, everybody knows who I am. So just say, Hey, I want to see Patrick, and uh, they'll call me up, and uh, I'd be glad to meet him, show him around.
0: Oh, I'd love that! I'd love that. Uh, for those of you uh, that are are uh, here, maybe you, you tuned in at the end. I just want to let you know our guest was Patrick Kanuski uh, this evening, and um, United States Marine Corps Colonel, 33 years of active duty. Patriots Landing is the ministry that they're launching. If you're interested, um, just get a hold of him. You can get a hold of him through Answers in Genesis. Dot org. You can also check out OperationHonor.org. That's a great opportunity to give back to our veterans um, who have sacrificed so much and often are, are in need of healing and help. And uh, that's a great opportunity there to give back. So I hope you'll do that. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another fantastic show. We have some really exciting guests coming up. Um, we have Abortion Survivor coming up next week. And we'll be talking about what's happening at uh, the Supreme Court and in in Texas. There are huge things happening that are really, really good. And we just got to keep praying hard and uh, doing our best to support those who are on the front lines uh, fighting the good fight. So God bless you. I hope you have a fantastic evening and I look forward to being with you next week. Take care.